Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Hey folks, welcome to the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby, your host on AM870 The Answer. Uh, let me give the phone number straight out so that you can give us a call, be part of the program if you'd like. 866-870-KRLA. That's 866-870-5752. Arif Halaby and the Total Financial Hour is here every week. Uh, at this time, we're talking about your family's finances. We are live if you're listening to us, unless of course you're watching us right here on Facebook Live. Uh, of course, you could record it and bring it down a little uh, a little later. Uh, we're going to talk about retirement, retirement income strategies, some things that you can do. Uh, and look, for a lot of people, especially financial guys in our industry, professionals and folks that, that do what we do, uh, many of them say, I want to have a, all of your money. You have to invest everything with us. You have to put your entire retirement account with us. Um, look, I think you need to kind of plan and prepare properly. I think you need to diversify. I think you need to have a team of people, whether it's your CPA, your attorney, if you have a living trust issues. You need to have people like that that kind of come around, including your stockbroker and your safer money guy or gal. Put all of those people together in a room. Their job is to work for you, not for themselves. I know it's a little bit, <laughs> you might be like, well, yeah, of course. No, look, I think there's a way for everybody to win. And in your retirement, you're the one that has worked for this money your entire life. For a lot of folks, uh, they think that, this money belongs to them. Uh, look, we just dealt with a client this week. I'm going to share something with you. Uh, $475,000. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. They'd saved their entire lifetime. It was her old 401k from her company. She's left that company. She says, I'm tired of the risk. They have other monies in the market and other places. But she said, for this money, I don't want it to go backwards anymore. I'm tired of that risk. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of, of uh, you know, listening to China goes up and Brexit goes down and, and the president says this and Congress says, forget it. So we said, all right, well, let's take a look at some strategies. We put together some. And she came to me and she said, you know, my other, uh, my, my stockbroker actually came to me and said, here is a better option. So we looked at it. You ready for this? $1,100 a month in fees. <laughs> 1100 and some change dollars a month in fees. Why is that okay? Why is it okay to have your money in a place where you have risk, you're paying all the fees, you could lose your principal, right? It could go away. And yet they're charging eleven hundred a month. Now you might say, "Air, if that doesn't work, or how does that?" It's called a variable annuity. I'm not a fan of those. Uh, you'll hear me uh, talk about it every once in a while. You'll hear some of the guys. Uh, it's kind of a, it's this little secret in the industry. It's where the the fees are significant and they grow every single year. And folks, I need you to be careful with it because it may not be right for you. It might be for some of you, fine, but I have yet to see that. Twenty one years in this industry, um, yet to find even a financial. Uh, advisor on the other side of the conversation that understands it, that says, hey, let's put together a strategy and let's use this vehicle. So be very careful. Part of why I bring this up is because as these changes are happening and you're seeing the political stuff, isn't it interesting? The president is supposed to sit there and take all of the guff from everybody else. You know, uh, athletes can come out and movie stars and, and everybody, oh my gosh, these people that make a million dollars, in some cases, a million dollars a week. And they talk about oppression and they talk about downtrodden and they're just, they're doing their civil duty. And the president says, I think you should fire him. Now look, hey, if, if you're okay with that person putting on the uniform of the company and then going and working anywhere, making money on his own, saying, listen, I know it's a week off, but I'm going to go stand on the street corner with my uniform using the company's name, the company's logo, the team's name and logo. And I'm going to, uh, hey, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit there 
and I'm going to make money for myself. I'm going to make a, a financial social statement. Wouldn't you say, well, sir, you're representing the company. You can't do that, right? You can get an endorsement from Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. You can get those endorsements. We get our piece, whatever the, whatever the contract says. Usually the, the team gets something out of the deal. The guy or gal can wear their uniform. They can play their tennis. They can do whatever they're doing. And they can receive a sponsorship, but you cannot go out there representing the company's name and then at the same time say, oh, I'm doing it for myself. I don't know. I think you're going to see some financial pressures. It's interesting when there's a one-way street, when uh, President Obama sat there and had something to say about every single uh, police officer that, that shot a, a black individual, when the statistics show, uh, look, go to Prager University. Dennis is a... a I think his legacy are going to be a lot of things. The books that he's written, of course, the radio shows, even his uh, short-run TV show, if you remember that, many years ago. But I think really his legacy for Dennis Prager is Prager University. I honestly believe that is something that if every family before dinner, after dinner, every Sunday, once a week, you play two or three of those for your kids. Give them some ammunition when they go out into the world and they're listening to their school teacher or they're listening to their, the conversation uh, with their friends. And all they're hearing is this ongoing spew of one-sided, unsupported ideas. Look, there, there's a lot to say, right? There, there's a lot to say. Oh, financially, there's things. Okay, I got it. Yeah. But there's also a lot to say behind the scenes where you say, why is it that it's a one-sided conversation? Right? So, anyway, I think it's important to do. All right, we're talking about some new rules for retirement. What are some of the things that are changing? Well, number one, some of you are thinking you're going to retire at 55, 62, right? I've seen that time and again. What I've also seen across the board, though, I'll give you a good example. We had a client who was a uh, principal for a school district. His income was $8,000 a month. Not bad. He'd only been doing it for a little while, but not a bad income. Smaller district. Through that process, his pension was four thousand a month. Great, four thousand a month, and that included Social Security because they had some offsets. So his total income in retirement was four thousand. He sat down with me. He had fifty thousand dollars set up, and of those fifty thousand dollars in his retirement account, it's called a four hundred three b. It's what happens when you work for a school district or a hospital. A research facility, nonprofit. It's called a 403B, also known as a TSA or tax sheltered annuity. Same idea. He had fi- about $50,000 in there. And he said, Arif, I'm going to retire. And I'm going to retire in June. I said, okay, well, what are you going to do for a living? What are you, you going to do for your income? And we went through just a you know, five minute conversation before I found out he expected to be able to pull $4,000, the difference, 4000 a month from his 50 and stay retired for the rest of his life. And I said, and we'll call him John. I said, John, you can't do that. You, you, you'll run out of money in no time. We won't, we won't help you with that. It's not a suitable process, right? I have a fiduciary responsibility to sit down and look at this, and, and that's just not suitable. I'm not going to do that. And he said, well, Eric, I, I, it has to happen. I told myself years ago I was going to retire at this age. I said, well, well what about the math? Is Math and logic is all we need to look at. Math and logic is all we have to do is sit down today with everything, right? It's all right here available on your cell phones. You can find anything about anything about anything. This old adage that knowledge is power is a bunch of baloney. Yeah, I said it. Why? Because if knowledge was power, you'd all be kings and queens. You'd all be wealthy. You'd all not make dumb decisions. And believe it or not, none of you would have parent plus loans or student loans that you couldn't pay off within a year or two. Oh, but Arif, you don't understand. My child has to go to Stanford. I promised him USC. We've been going to the games at UCLA since he was little. Well, that's nice. Life happens. You were laid off. Somebody passed away. Somebody got sick. Uh, The economy, things happened. So it's nice that you promised your son or your daughter they could do anything and go anywhere. But going into debt that surpasses and crosses through into your retirement life, somebody has to shake you for a second and say, pay attention. Why is it that we are not thinking through this process? You would normally, if I was going to say at 35 years old, I I pull you aside and go, hey, listen, you're going to expect to retire. 
you know, whatever, 55, 65, 75, whatever, you're going to expect to retire. And believe it or not, you're going to have to go back to work in six years, right after you retire six years. But meanwhile, technology at that time in the future is going to be changing so fast that when you go back to work in the field in which you were trained and worked your entire life, mm, sorry, they don't even know your name. People have left. Technology has changed. You're no longer important to anymore. You are a minimum wage worker. You are somebody who's just going to come in. Hey, it's nice, but I'm just going to come in and, and do my thing for minimum wage. So be very cautious when you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I'm going to get to the place where retirement is going to be or is expecting to be this planned process where just magic is going to happen, like John, the, the principal, right? You understand PhD principal, not some guy who's got his you know, GED and you go, oh, poor baby. Listen, many folks that have their GED are much smarter with money than folks that have their MBA or their PhD or their MD. Not because any of those are bad or good. Get away from that label. Today, we want to label rich people and corporations bad. We want to go and say, oh, listen, uh, poor little guy down the road, he's good. Working person is good. Rich person, bad. That's almost like saying, you know, vanilla ice cream is, is more expensive than chocolate. And it, you know, you should be able to ride this bike. It's, it's a non sequitur. It doesn't work. There are good rich people, bad rich people, good poor people, bad poor people. How about you just learn those definitions? One of my favorite things, folks, I'll tell you, this is really exciting because you're going to do this. This is a little little test, ready? You can join me in 866-870-5752, 866-870-5752. You can come on uh, the show if you have a question. You want to talk about a few things we that we're touching on. Of course, any other retirement questions we can get to here as well. But think about this for a second. Every single person that I have worked with from $5,000 in retirement, it's the minimum. We don't set those rules. The companies we work with do. So $5,000 all the way up to, I don't know, $5 million. Okay, doesn't matter. Every single person calls themselves middle class. Lower middle class, upper middle class, middle class. Not one of them, including some that were, one that was worth $115 million. And you know what he said? I'm upper middle class. I don't have to worry about things that I did when I was lower middle class. <laughs> so I always wonder, you know, when, when you follow the politicians or some of the, the crazies on, on this uh, hate the rich side of the world, everybody wants to hate the rich. Everybody thinks they're bad. Why? Because there's somebody else, right? They're, go, go get them. Go, go get the rich. And you're like, yes, go get them. Those are, dude, go. And then you turn around and you're like, well, well why are y'all chasing me? Why are you chasing tax increases and uh, weird, obscure luxury tax. Do you not understand? It's absolutely, I think, immoral the way the tax system is set up to tax every single thing in California, to tax every single person for every single process. You either have to tax everybody or tax nobody. Because when you, when you allow some people to pass the rules, to, to make the rules, so that they can take money from other people's pockets, but the rules don't apply to them. You would say that's immoral, like Congress with health care, right? Congress needs to be, have to abide by the same health care rules that they passed up for everybody else. They should be forced to be on Obamacare. How do you like it? Oh, you don't? Well, you pass the law, folks. Make some changes. But when you have 48%, depending on who you listen to, 46, 48, 50 whatever, about 48% of Americans do not pay any federal income tax. Now, they, oh, but they pay all sorts of, they pay payroll tax. Well, then just call it. Call it everything then. 48% are voting for a rule that doesn't even affect them. Now, when you say, oh, yes, it does, oop, go back. You're now a trickle-down guy. You're now the one that gets to sit there and say so, that if I, because it does affect the worker, it does affect the middle class, lower middle class, working person, right? Because it affects them, then the boss should get a pay raise. I mean, a tax increase or decrease or does it affect everybody? 
Because if you're telling me that it's going to affect the working person who doesn't pay income tax, but raising taxes on the rich still affect them, then you have to go back to say the opposite is true. By giving the rich pay cuts, and look, just define it, right? It's almost a dirty word. Everybody wants to be it. Nobody wants, hey, 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 do you want to be rich? Yeah, don't tell anybody else because we're bad. We're bad if we want to be rich. We all, want, we all want the stuff. We want the lifestyle. Give me the things, not the label. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that's cool. I, I, I could do that. So, so we look at it. We say, well, if the idea of the rich folks coming down the road are going to be the ones that need the tax breaks because they employ people, then fine. So in other words, you can't have an argument that doesn't work in both directions. Why, what are some of these new rules for retirement? Well, I think you got to think twice. Retirement is not the same as your parents and your grandparents. Total Financial Solutions, that's the company. We were uh, established as a company in, our, in the concept and as financial professionals, if you will, 21 years ago. 21 years ago, I started in this industry. In fact, June, so we just, we're just a little over 21 years, 1996. After spending some time of going through getting, getting taken, if you will, at 18 years old, I started saving only because of my freshman econ in college. I'm sitting in the class and the professor's talking about mutual funds and the stock market. And I'm going, that's not true. I would have heard about this. My mom and dad are, are pretty bright people. They would have shared this with me. And he continues and, he's, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So finally back and forth with my dad and they say, no, that's not true, son. The, the professor's off a little bit. He's just not telling you everything. Okay. And then we sit down and, and the kid next to me, his name was Ken, of all things, right? He ended up being one of the groomsmen in my wedding. Sat down with Ken, and Ken said, hey, you know, this, this guy named uh, Steve, maybe I'll try to have him on the show. Would you like to have him on the show? You can go to Facebook. Send me a message. Go to Facebook Live. Go to Total Financial Solutions. Uh, maybe it'd be interesting. Right? See if we can bring him on. He's a man that made a difference in my life 31 years ago. Facebook Live. That'd just be interesting. See if that works out. So here's what happened. At the end, he said, give this guy a call. I did. And through that process, I just believed him, and I started saving. And by the time I turned 23, my wife and I were married. We bought our first house, right? She's 21. I'm 23. At 25, we had about $150,000 saved. And at 26 or so, within about a six-month or so, six- or nine-month period of time, I wasn't taken in one scam. I was taken in three. And they took nearly all of my money. And I had to start over. Number one is I thought I was a pretty smart guy. If you would ask anybody, especially me, I would have told you that. I'd say, oh, yeah, look at what I've done. How many 25-year-olds have $150,000 saved? That's a pretty good thing. Oh, my. Yeah, it didn't work out, right? Because when you think you're all that, so do the bad guys when they look around the corner and they take a look at you. And so I had to start over. So I went back to school. I said, I got to figure this out. So that took place. And when that did, we started in the financial world. And I said, I've got to figure this out. If I'm a smart guy, quotes, right? I thought I was a smarty pants, and yet at that same time, I could get taken. How much more could you? You, you can take a look. We, we should start a, a segment on this show where we talk about the local scams, because when there are only one or two or 15 million, nobody really talks about it, hits the local news, lasts for a little bit, and then next we got to, you know Antifa shutting down the freeway or something. Everybody gets excited. But these folks are stealing real people's money. So you need to be cautious because in retirement, you cannot afford a mistake. The one thing my wife said to me, because some of those financial decisions were mine, and actually, to be truthful, it was against her wishes. Didn't make me look very good. Doesn't even make me look good today, right? But, but I learned, right? Good husbands, you learn. And I remember sitting there, and the one thing she said to me, she said, the good thing, it ha- good thing that had happened when we were young I was waiting for her to throw something at me, to yell, yell at me, you know, call me a name. I don't know, do something. And instead she said, hey, it's a good thing it happened when we're young. We have time to, time to recover. That's great. When you're 26 years old, you have time to recover. When you're 56 years old and you've accumulated your wealth, why are you still playing the market? You want to play with some or part, fine. But I think you need to keep a significant portion of your your can't lose money, the rest of your life money, you need to put that in a place where you can't go backwards. Listen, Wall Street and your brokers uh, uh, 
they don't make money when your money's not at risk. Do you know that? The only way for them to generate ongoing stream of revenue is for them to get an ongoing stream of risk in your portfolio, which means you could make massive rates of return, no problem, but you could also lose. Where is your risk? I guess that's the question. If you were like John, the, the principal, and he had 50000 it didn't matter what happened to 50000 In eight months, he was going to be back to work. Right? It didn't. He could have just as much gone to Las Vegas, gone to Laughlin, uh, gone to Reno, wherever, sat down at the board games and put it on red or played craps or 21 or whatever his five-card stud thing is. Whatever. I don't gamble. I did a couple times about 20 years ago and I lost, 25 years ago, I guess, and I lost. So I'm not good at it. But maybe that was the best shot for him. So what do you think happened? John retired. John sat down. John took his time off. And one year later, after selling his mobile home, because he had a mobile home as well as a rental, he went back to work. But now he's no longer a principal, right? In the district, he was making 8000 a month. He could have done some things, but he was spending $8,001 a month. So he had to go back to work. And believe it or not, he's back to work as a substitute teacher. Principal of a high school, substitute teacher in a junior high and elementary sometimes. In a different town because he couldn't even stay in the same town. So realize that if your risk like John... If you have to take that risk, if you have to gamble, put it all on red, fine, that's okay. You could do that. If you have time, you can do that. But what I don't want you to do is sit down and say, hey, listen, I'm in a spot where if my market, if my money, if it goes backwards, I'm going to lose. You have to be very careful about that. If you've accumulated two, three, four, five hundred thousand and you can't afford for it to go backwards, then your risk is not on the downside. Uh, sorry, not on the upside. It's on the down. Right, I think you say, what, what's my lifestyle going to be like? Here's a good example. We're going to take a break here. Don't forget to give us a call here at 866-870-KRLA, 866-870-5752. You're on AM870, The Answer, as we continue. We're going to, we're going to go in just a second as we, we follow this. Consider this option. What happens in your life if you get to whatever, let's just call it $500,000, a lot of money, and it's there, and it goes from five hundred to seven fifty. dollars just, just add 50% to whatever you have saved. Are you going to fly around in private jets? Are you going to uh, finally buy that Ferrari you've always wanted or that Porsche or whatever it is? Are you going to do anything that you probably haven't done so far in your life? The answer is going to be no. For most people, it's no. But if your five hundred thousand goes down to two fifty, or three hundred, what does that do to your retirement planning? What does that do to your peace of mind? What does that do to that place in your heart where you say, "Uh oh, I'm not as young, or I can't work as much overtime, or the company isn't going to have that availability for me to go out and and do different things." So where is it that I can get out? And take some risk. Where is it that I can reduce some of that risk? And then you find out what that answer is. All right? Ponder that when we come back. You're listening to me, Arif Hallaby, on your place for news talk information. Yours is AM870, The Answer. Real quick, I want to give you the phone number one more time. You can go to 866-870, The Answer. Hey, also, folks, uh, we have Town Hall coming up. Let me get you that information. Town Hall is next weekend. It's a great opportunity to come and meet all the, uh, the folks that you hear right here on AM870, The Answer. Love to speak with you if you give us a call. Stay tuned after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. All right. Welcome back to the show. Total Financial Solutions. The Total Financial Hour. You can go to Facebook Live. Go to Total Financial Solutions. You can see us live and see how stunning I look with these reading glasses on uh, as you're getting older, folks. That's the way it goes, huh? I guess the alternative is uh, to not have to wear glasses and 
Uh, you know, one of the great things about, uh, I think, American society, I love it when everybody wants to pick on America, travel the world a little bit, see what it's like to live in other places where where folks, uh, you know, where electricity doesn't even come on. I have family from the Middle East, obviously, with a name like Arif. My dad's from Lebanon. Uh, my mom's here from, from here in the States. I'm a first generation. And you get a chance to go back and visit, and I've been there just a couple of times, and you realize, you know, oh, the electricity comes on 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day? What, what, what do you mean? What, what happens to the refrigerator? What happens to the freezer? Oh, well, everybody has to have generators. And so you have a generator. Okay, fine. Uh, and then the towns, if you're from a, a wealthier town or a town where people kind of work together, you have your own community generator. So, okay, you have that. That's nice. Not bad. But what about the, the folks where, you, where you're trying to figure out, you know, planning things? You're running a business. Where you, where you need to have a portion of your financial life is dictated by, oh, I don't know, sewer and electricity and telephone or – so I don't know. Just don't forget the United States is an amazing place in my opinion. All right. Here we go, guys. Some of the alternatives that I'm seeing, five ways to increase your income in retirement. Uh, we've got a great booklet out. If you'd like one, you can always go to uh, Total Financial Solutions. Uh, send us a Facebook message if you'd like. We'll shoot you out one of these booklets. It's kind of nice. It's just a few articles that I've written, maybe 25 or 30 articles. I've uh, been writing for oh, probably 15 years, I guess, different magazines, different articles uh, on some of the basics. When it comes to uh, the idea of your family's finances, the information is always there. That's the problem is if if knowledge is power, then why is it that we are not uh, we're not all done, right? Kings, queens, done. Because I don't think that's the answer anymore. It used to be. See, look, this is what used to happen. It used to be that you were on a farm. You'd have six or ten children, and you would take the oldest, usually a boy, and you'd say, son, go find knowledge. And you'd send that son out. And you guys all check your watch. Everybody else still work in the farm or the factory, Two, three, four, five years later, he comes back and he says, I have knowledge. I found it. I'm like, wow, great. And he tells you everything about the world. And you're like, oh my gosh, no kidding. You can read Latin. Oh my gosh, the world is round and, and it, there's a lot more. Oh, wow, right? Whatever the, whatever the, the uh, excitements of the day. But here's the change. All of a sudden today, you get into a place where you are thinking, well, why is it all of a sudden today? When knowledge now comes to you, we have this huge infrastructure of universities and colleges with brick and mortar and, and tenured professors and people that are administrators of administrators and assistants of assistants, and everybody has to be paid. And no longer do they have a monopoly on knowledge. No longer is there a funnel of a pipeline of information that is now sent to them through whatever their their educational system is, and then to your children, right? So if you wanted a, a Christian or a Catholic education, you sent them to that particular college. If you wanted a liberal arts, engineering, a high tech, right? You send them down that road. But all of a sudden today, everybody can get everything at all the time anywhere. So I think in retirement, there's going to be pressure on your income. After all, you are the one with the money because you are retired. You're the one that is not taking a job and you have buckets of dollars. Here's a good example. Think of it like this. You have to figure out why the dollars that are coming your way, uh, you know, pension, 401k, whatever it is, those dollars that are coming your way, why are they going to be taxed at a greater rate? Why? I I worked for it. Don't take my money just because you've messed up government. California pension system, they keep saying, well, you know, the state of California will have to contribute more to the CalSTRS in order to keep it. Uh, replace the state of California with every single taxpayer. Every single taxpayer is going to have to pay more money so that the CalSTRS pension system can stay afloat and benefits will not be, well, let's back up. The taxpayers are going to have to pay more money so that teachers are going to be able to get more money when they retire at a later age. Right? Replace it with some of these, these funny words, and you'll see the truth. All right, here's number one. Uh, you may have to get a part-time job. 
I think to increase your income in retirement is a part-time job. Retirement is not just sitting around waiting to die, folks. It used to be that way, right? You'd get a rocking chair. You'd watch the children or the grandchildren. You'd sit in the corner. You'd help Ma with the recipes and the new greatest whatever, and Pa would be a little bit, and somebody would fall asleep on the porch. And Today, you're 65, 70, 75, and you're still playing tennis. You're still playing golf. You're still going out and and wine tasting and and driving up the coast on your Harley. You're still able to be active well into your 70s. I think there's a 15 or a 20-year change. So retirement isn't just about sitting around waiting to die anymore. It's about doing the things you've always liked to do. And because you were good at something, that's why somebody paid you money for it. But today, this whole follow your passion and the money will follow. Nope, doesn't exist. You happen to be good at something. I don't care if you're passionate or not about it. If you're good at something and someone's going to pay you for it, I guess that's called your job. Now you might say, oh, it's just not. Look, I'm okay with that. Just don't spend more money than you make. Because at the end of the story, do whatever you want. You might be great at this job, but passionate about this. Wonderful. Spend that money. Then you don't have to worry about it. Just don't spend more money than you're making because that's the challenge. Because a lot of people get to the place where they are concerned or they're scared because they are spending more money than they're making and then they think it's somebody else's fault. Don't fall for that. Be independent. Hey, next, we're finding a lot of seniors, especially folks that can't get another job who are not going out and about and they're renting a room in their home. Now, be careful. Often it's to young ladies, usually college age, Uh, usually somebody that is referred to them, a niece or a nephew, uh, potentially uh, somebody from church, somebody from an organization where you can look at them and say, hey, uh, I trust this person. They're not going to be a problem. Great. Now you've you've got an extra three, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month. Somebody that can help maybe carry things if it's a young man and you could say, hey, can you help do some minor repairs around the house? Or I've got a large yard and I'm going to need some Uh, things to be done. It's nice to have a little company. For the right person, renting a room is in a perfect spot. It's a great job. It's a great way of getting income. It's a great source for you to increase your retirement savings. Okay. How about this? Have you ever heard of this one? Do you have an old life insurance policy? What? Yeah. Do you have an old life insurance policy? Maybe it's something that you've paid up. Maybe it's something that you're paying on now. And the purpose or the reason for that life insurance policy is gone. Maybe it was to provide for your spouse, but your spouse has passed away. Maybe it was to pay off the house. The house is paid off. Maybe it was to put the children in in college years ago, but the kids are now done with college. And you still have an old life insurance policy. Consider selling it. There are companies out there. Today on the internet, just put in selling my life insurance policy. There are companies out there that will buy your life insurance policy. Whatever the number is, half of of the face amount, it depends on how old you are, if you have any ailments, right? They they could actually do it. You have 100,000, maybe they'll give you 40 or 50. You have 300,000, maybe they'll give you 120. Those are real dollars coming into your pocket. You're going to check with your tax advisor and and see if, in fact, it's taxable because each person might be a little different depending on the plan you have. But that's an option, right? That's an option to go out and say, okay, now I have a way to generate extra income. All right, here's another one that's kind of more, uh, I think it's, it, it's coming about on its, on its maturity, right? It's still an infant. Uh, now it's a toddler and, and it's coming into its, its stage of teenagehood. It's called a reverse mortgage. But be very careful. There's some really good companies out there and some not so good companies. You want to make sure that it's very heavily regulated and some changes are happening next month. So if it's something that is is possible for you and you qualify, that means the youngest of the two of you have to be at least 62 years old or higher. So you can do it if a husband and wife. If there is if you're in your 70s, you could have a much higher payout than if you were 65. So a reverse mortgage allows you to stay in your home for a year or up to a year. Even after you're in a nursing home, you can come back. Even after you move, you can come back. There's a 12-month window. But after 12 months, they said, well, you're no longer there. You're going to have to pay us back. So there's a caveat. Or if you say, listen, me and my husband, my wife, we worked our entire life and we weren't able to give our kids anything but a great education and health and well, that's, that's everything. But besides that, you've given them a wonderful spiritual upbringing. 
a foundation in faith and an opportunity for them to learn and grow. But for some people, that's not enough. They think they want to leave them money or they want to leave them the house. So that's the only thing me and my spouse have worked for our whole life and we want to leave that to the kids. Then a reverse mortgage may not be right for you because for the children to inherit the house, they're going to have to pay off the loan. If they can't qualify for the loan or they don't have the money for it, or if the loan is much higher than what it's worth, then you're not going to be able to, to leave that as a, to them. But for the right people, it works great. We get maybe one or two clients a month where it's a, it's a possibility or it's an option that, that come in the door. Okay, here's another one. It's one of the most uh, popular and fastest growing options. You ready? You take some or part of your money and you get to the place where when you are ready to retire, you're ready to, to turn on your income stream, you can do the same thing that Social Security does, the same thing that your big company pension does, the same thing that the government pension does. And that is put your money, some of it or all of it, portion into an annuity that pays you a guaranteed income stream. In other words, what you're doing is you're passing the responsibility. You say, I don't care about the market doing this anymore. Now my concern is not about the ups and downs. It's about the cash flow. So be very cautious about that because there are some good ones out there and there's some not so good ones. Let me share with you one here that that just happened the other day. Client has $1.2 million. I know I'm talking about big numbers here, but just because it's the most recent. Uh, And it has a good story. $1.2 million. He's worked his whole life for it. He retired at 55 years old. He's 57. He's been pulling $3,800 a month. Okay, $3,800 a month out of the account. His fees on that are $2,100 a month. $2,100 a month. Okay, maybe, maybe your car is not on the road right. $2,100 a month. $3,800 for him, $2,100 for the fees. Why is that okay? How did that become normal that the advisor says, this is the place I think we should put your money? I don't know that. I know in their mind they think there's some guarantees and there's some options, but you can get nearly all of them without that. So be very careful when you say, I'm going to put, give my money to, to, and they use percentages. Here's the trick. Ready? It's only one and a half percent. Oh, great. One and a half is a pretty small number. Can I have two, please? Right? One and a half percent. Do the math on it and say one and a half times this divided by 12 months. Simple enough. And if it changes, you know, it goes up and down every day. So, so you're going to get, but it gives you a good foundation. You could say, okay, if I'm looking at this and it's one and a quarter, one and a half, three and a half, 3.25, do the math backwards. Right? They were looking at 3.25%. That's $30,000 a year in fees. And the guy was taking out about 45000 Now, I've got to be careful here because I want you to understand I'm not angry that these folks think that this money is sometimes theirs. What I'm angry with is that the option or the opportunity for you to go out and spend that 2200 somewhere else is gone, gone forever. And sometimes these brokers, of course, they're great people, but they were in elementary school. Elementary school when, when you were earning this money. So I understand they're doing their job. It's what I did. My first four years in this business, all we did is the market went straight up. It was like, oh, look, man, everything I touched went to gold. Oh, look. Right from 96 to 99, 2000, it went straight up. There was not a whole lot of down. But what we found was so many people didn't understand that the market can go up and down. And when it does, they can and do lose. So be careful. If this is your life savings, I don't want it going backwards. Here's another good opportunity. What about When we talk about your retirement income, how about just spending less? Right? Not always an option. Robert Kiyosaki had to, literally, he was somebody that changed my life at the second phase as I started saving and investing. And one of the things that he talked about, which was kind of important, I think, was that a lot of people are just trying to reduce what they spend, reduce what they spend, reduce what they spend. And then they get to the place where they get, and you say, well, you know, um, you can't go past zero. So cutting coupons and 
getting discounts on things are nice, but you're just, it's not, why not just make more money? And when he said that, guys, it was like a light bulb went off and a lightning bolt, I guess, because it sat down and I said, well, well, yeah, easy for you to say, right? Because we're all trained to be poor. Easy for you to say, uh, how do you make more money? And that was a journey for me. It was a process. And I had to realize that there is a way to earn more money in life, whether it's working part-time, whether it's going out and doing something. You have to have a purpose. But it was fascinating to me when he said, oh, look, just don't go down this road of, you know, you can't reduce past zero. It's already there. All right. So when we talk about earning more income, getting a a part-time job, one of the things that we have seen over and over again in the financial world is people that do not have a purpose. I cannot tell you how important it is to have something or somebody that is counting on you to wake up in the morning. It takes your head out of your phone or your iPad or, or your, your tablet. It takes your head out of uh, your, your habits. Look, you've heard me say it. I said it uh, last week. Whatever you have a tendency to do, you will do more of. If you have a tendency to drink, you seem to be, people seem to drink more. If you have a tendency to smoke, you smoke more. If you have a tendency to overeat, you overeat more. Right? If retirement, if you don't have a purpose or a place, if you have a tendency to be isolationist because you sit down on those phones in the corner like a lot of people do, then you're going to do more of that. You have to honestly have the intestinal fortitude to say, if I'm going to retire, it's a new phase in life. I'm going to do things different. I'm going to be different, which means you have to have a, somebody count on you. We have folks that were electrical engineers on the space shuttle. What an amazing job. Six-figure incomes when those were very hard to find. And those are the same people today that go and read to elementary school kids. And they, they're the math dad or the math grandpa at the local elementary school or the kindergarten or the Head Start program. These are, these are folks who could have done all sorts of things, you know, financially speaking, consulting, representative, worked for the government, part-time uh, defense contractor, And they're doing something where there's a purpose. They know that if they don't show up, those kids are going to look at them and say, you know, where's Mr. So-and-so? Where's Mr. Johnson? Where did he go? Right? The teacher counts on you to be there. You're, You're another voice in the room. Those are very important places. Helping senior citizens with meals. The government's job is to not be there every single time you walk around. Oh, government, catch me. I don't think the government is inherently evil. I just think it's incompetent and inefficient. It has to be because there are, it is so far away from you. You can't get a no parking sign in front of your house or, or a red curb painted or a stop sign in your neighborhood. And you know the name of the city council people you can talk to. You know that you can go down there 18 blocks away and knock on the door. How much less influence do you have in Sacramento or in Washington, D.C.? Just think logically for a minute. Get away from the feelings and emotion. For you to have an impact in the world, it has to start on a level that is much lower than thinking the government has anything to do with, you know, making, look, protect my borders, make sure that, you know, we have a national defense. That's right. Imagine that. Follow the Constitution. Make sure that we have a a fair judicial system, and I hate that F word, but people say it. Make sure we have a system set up so that we can trade with international folks. People can come here. People can go. But getting involved in the day-to-day education and and, uh, local politics, in my opinion, doesn't always seem to work well. All right, here, a couple of things, folks. Let me give you the uh, 866-870-5752. A few of you want to call in, we are here for you. You give us a chance to uh, answer a question or two. You can also go to Facebook Live, Total Financial Solutions. We're streaming live right now. You get a chance to to see us inside on the studio and, and maybe even type us a question as we can answer back on your place uh, for news talk information, Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby, and we're continuing with some of the more important parts of your retirement life. When are you done? For a lot of people, think of it like a race. You have saved enough. You are done. Stop running the race. You passed the finish line 15 minutes ago. Or for some of you, five years ago. So what do I say? What do I mean when I say stop running the race? You have to look 
and do the math and say, when do I have enough? And I don't know if that's the right answer. It's like being too good looking or having too much money. I think a country song <laughs> is in there somewhere. So put quotes around that. But there's a place in time when the money that you need to save for retirement is done. You got it. It's over. You can still speculate. You can still gamble. You can still play the market, whatever. But the retirement nest egg, what you need accounting for some inflation and some extra costs and other things going forward, you've, you've done it. It's over. You've got it. So take those dollars that have a job of providing lifetime income and move them to a safer place. Look, we've talked about fixed indexed annuities before, but let me tell you, there's a, a myriad of them out there. There's some really good ones and some not so really good ones. I don't like the income riders. Every annuity is an income annuity. Income riders eat up your principal. In my opinion, it is a one-way street. It's a win for the insurance company and not for you. They used to pay us more money to sell those to you. I don't think they do that anymore with some of the, the rules. We don't offer them anymore, so, so I don't know. But, oh gosh, uh, 2002, 2003, four, something like that. Uh, they were paying financial guys extra money to sell you the income rider. I know that was happening as late as 2006 with one particular company. So if you have an account that has been there for a while, whose best interest was it for? With that income rider, was it yours? I don't know. Maybe. But I think every annuity is an income annuity. So be very careful. There's no reason, in my opinion, for you to have an income rider. Number two is stay away from companies that are in the B-rated category. Doesn't mean they're going out of business tomorrow. Not at all. But in my opinion, you do not need to take the extra risk where regulators will look at a company and AM Best rates it and says, ah, this is a B-plus company. When you can get A, A minus, A plus, when there are plenty of companies up in the A category, there's no reason in the world for you to be out there taking a risk on a company that's a B-rated company. When we talk about fixed indexed annuities, they have crediting methods. What are some of those crediting methods? Well, they're, they're annual, right, from today and a year from today. Uh, they use the S&P 500, top 500 stocks in the U.S. economy. They use the NASDAQ primarily a technology, very heavy with a few companies though, so understand that. Sometimes they'll use the Dow Jones Industrial Average. 30 companies, very large companies, all 30 are part of the S&P 500, but it's 30 companies. So they can use the different indexes. But here's what I don't want you to do. Stay away from companies and accounts where you are involved in a place where they do not credit interest except every two years, three years, five years. I have yet to see a way where one particular company that does the five-year crediting method, I have yet to see a way for that to work. In fact, uh, we had it run, some experts ran all the different numbers and played with it and, and came up with everything that, that we can do to see, is there a way for, for you to make more money in the five-year crediting method? And we found none, zero. So sometimes the guys or gals that sell these, they're just told what to do. They don't often understand it or they think they do, but they're not thinking of the big picture. They're not doing the math. They're not playing with the calculator. So be very careful and, and in my opinion, avoid the five-year crediting methods. I don't think they're in your best interest. You want annual. Every year, market's up, make me some money. Market's down, sorry, I don't lose a penny. Market's up, I made some more money. Add it to my interest that I made from the last few years. Next, Market's down, don't lose a penny. When I say you're running a race, if you can use safe products like that to get reasonable gains, you're moving ahead slowly, you're getting pretty good interest, you're doing okay, and yet you're now at a place in time where, the, where all of your income needs are met, then stop playing the aggressive game. People are still acting like, uh, you know, you see this with folks that came from, from the Depression era, right, where there wasn't enough... Uh, beans or rice or toilet paper. There just wasn't enough of those things. And so you go to their garage and you, you clean out great grandma's house or, or the pantry and you see just shelves of items that are right down the street at the store. It's not like we're in hurricane country here. Yes, we can have earthquakes, but, but there's no reason to have four years supply worth of anything, especially toilet paper, right? It's right here. You can have food. You can have your emergency storage. We do. It's the smart thing to do. But the point is the hoarding that takes place 
that mindset is the same thing that says, I, I still have to take more risk. I have enough money. I have enough rental properties. I have enough real estate. I'm making enough, but I still have to take risk. And we say, well, I don't think you have to. I think you've got to the place in your financial life, you've, you've arrived. So move some of that to safety or all of it. You want to gamble with the rest. You want to play you know, in and out of penny stocks. That's fine. You can do that. But just stay away, in my opinion, from some of that risk. Folks, you have town halls coming up here this uh, Sunday, the Alex Theater. Uh, KRLA does the town hall uh, just once a year. And the town hall is going to have Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka. Have you uh, been paying attention this week? He's our guest. You're going to also be able to come by and visit our booth. We're going to be there as well on the AM870 is the answer. Um, Alex Theater this weekend. You can go to KRLA or AM870 the answer. Go to our website. You get a chance to buy tickets. They go fast. Get the VIP tickets. That's my opinion. All right. You want the best deal for your uh, for your money? Get the VIP tickets. You get a chance to say hi to everybody, meet them, see if they really are who you say or who they say they are. Um, it's a good opportunity to even meet us. Thanks for being with me this hour of the program. My name is Eric Hallaby. Thanks to all the crew here on AM870 The Answer, and thanks to you for listening on our show, The Total Financial Hour. Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.